Girlfriends, episode number 198, You Can Do Hard Things. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking about hard things and how you so can do them. Can't wait to talk about this one. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Glad you are joining me for this newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. If you are a first-time listener to Girlfriends, welcome. So glad you are here. Hoping you're going to want to make Girlfriends a regular part of your life. Hoping that you're going to want to be a regular part of the Girlfriends community. We're so glad that you are joining us. If you're a longtime listener or sometimes listener, welcome back. Glad you are here. Before we dive into this week's topic, I just want to check in with you and let you know that... If you are struggling with being interrupted, (laughs) I am right there with you. I'm telling you, to record this podcast has taken leaps and bounds and efforts beyond what I anticipated. I kept settling down, blocking off time where I was going to record this podcast, and it kept not happening because of multiple things going on. The most recent of which was today when my youngest boys, my two youngest are homeschooled, when they were done with school, I thought I had a little chunk of time there where I was going to run upstairs in a room with the door closed and record this podcast for you all. But as soon as I was leaving the the family area to do that, my son Rafe was like, how about if we go over to the community center? And So they're homeschoolers, and the community center is a place where they can have access to a gym to play basketball during the day. And it actually is, I consider, one of the perks of being homeschooled, the fact that when you have a break in your day, you can do things like that. So they can go to the community center when it's a bunch of old ladies otherwise who are there, and they can have the gym to themselves there. So I didn't want to tell them no. So I packed up, got them ready texted a few friends who also have homeschoolers who might want to show up there and then drove my guys over here to the community center. And now here I am at long last sitting in my car in the parking lot recording this episode for you guys. And I got to tell you, as simple as that all sounds when I'm retelling the story, it didn't feel that simple in the moment. I felt so frustrated. Honestly, I did. And nobody's like asking anything unreasonable of me. And I could have easily told Rafe, you know what, that's not going to work. I've got work I need to do here. And he would have been fine, right? But this is what we do. This is what we struggle with, don't we? Especially as busy women who are serving other people throughout our days, whether you're, you're a mom or not. Um, whether you're in the workplace or going to school or if you've got little kids at home or big kids who are demanding different things of you or your husband asking things inside of your marriage, our lives are just one big interruption sometimes. And I really do struggle when I have a plan in place because I'm very goal-oriented and maybe you are too. I do struggle with changing my plan. And um, I know this is something that sometimes drives my husband crazy because he tends to like to be a little bit more spontaneous well, about some things than I do. And like, let's do this and let's do this. This will be fun and let's switch our plans to this. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, wait, no, that's the time I'm doing this. <laughs> that's the time I'm accomplishing this goal. And so it really can be a struggle. And that's something that I'm working on interiorly, trying not to um, lash out at people when I get frustrated and interiorly learn to accept these interruptions 
as God's will for my life in that moment. Not that you always have to drop everything for every request, right? But kind of being a little bit discerning about that. But when it's part of your vocation, and a lot of these interruptions that we experience, let's face it, are inevitable. So really, that's part of God's plan. They aren't interruptions from your work. The interruptions are your work. I'm trying to see that. I'm trying to see that. I hope you'll pray for me as I'm kind of struggling through that idea of giving over my time to God more and more, being open to God's will in my life. This is an ongoing theme here at Girlfriends because it's something I'm struggling with every day. So lest you think I've got it all figured out and I'm just breezing through my days with ease, not always so. Sometimes it's a real struggle for me and sometimes I really do not want to let go of my own plans in favor of anyone else's or of God's, which ultimately these interruptions that are often coming to me through my family or through my work are part of God's plan for me when I pause enough to look at it, when I want to be open to God's plan as opposed to what I have very neatly laid out on paper, laid out on my calendar, my goals, my plans. So anyway, I wanted to share that with you because that's a reality, my friends. And I hate to think that any of you are picturing me in my perfectly balanced life, kind of sharing with you here on Girlfriends wisdom from on high because I've got it all figured out. I don't. I'm right there in the struggle with you and um, prayerfully struggling alongside you. All right. Today, we're going to talk about you can do hard things. So I was inspired to take on this topic because this is something I've been thinking about a little bit, doing hard things. What does that mean to do hard things? And so what inspired me to begin with was I recently listened to the book Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Are you familiar with it? It's like an all-time bestseller. It's a really popular book right now. I think he published it himself. And uh, it's kind of a little bit of a phenomenon this book has taken off. So it's called Can't Hurt Me, Master Your Mind and Defy the Odds by David Goggins. And um, this is, he's coming from the background of poverty and abuse. He's kind of telling his life story. And he went on to become the only man in history, I'm reading from the book description now, to complete elite training as a Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, and Air Force Tactical Air Controller. And he went on to set records in numerous endurance events, like 100 milers, that kind of thing. Crazy, crazy accomplishments mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, that the, the things he's overcome in his life are amazing. So I said I listened to this book. I, I did. I got it on Audible and I listened to it, but that's not completely true because I stopped listening. <laughs> I stopped listening maybe three quarters of the way through. And I'm just being honest with you. I, I, I found the story really compelling. I do find his story compelling and it made me think a lot about things, but I couldn't stand the language anymore. There's a lot of rough language in this book, so I'm not necessarily recommending it to you. Certainly not recommending it to you as a family listen or a family read. I just I feel like that was unnecessary. I understand that that's part of maybe who he is and um, the kind of people that he's around and all of that and military lifestyle and whatever, but I felt like it was it was too much for me to be just filling my brain with. It was just the really rough language, a lot of it. And and not only that, but just uh, some rough imagery and that sort of thing. Some of it's just hard because he's describing his childhood and really, really sad, serious um, abuse that he suffered at the hands of his father growing up as a very young boy. My heart just broke hearing those stories. So I'm glad I listened to that part. But as it's going on in the later chapters, I'm finding myself less and less compelled to keep on listening because it just, the, the language is too much. But that said, it did make me pause. It did make me think because here's somebody who is sharing his life of doing 
hard things. I mean, starting with, you know, serious setback, growing up in in poverty with abuse and just that very real struggle and the ways in which that compromised even his education as a young boy and that had ramifications as he grew older. All of that overcame those obstacles and went on to accomplish these amazing things. Really admirable, the the kind of comeback, if you want to say, that he, then the transformation that he lived through, the hard things that he did. And I was thinking about it as I was listening to this book and listening to his perspective. He does say that he believes in God. That for sure is not a focus of the book, but he does a couple of, a couple of different places. I don't know if it's in the actual book or in the conversations. So this book was ghostwritten um, I'm forgetting the name of the man who ghost wrote it, but the guy who wrote it with him. And in the audible version, it's kind of unique because they'll read a chapter of the book and then in between the chapters or even sometimes in the middle of the chapters, they will pause and the two of them will have a conversation about the about the situation, maybe give some background on the story, share some more detail, that sort of thing, which is really an interesting way to do an audiobook, in my opinion. So as, as they were doing that, I don't know if it was actually in the book that he mentions God and his belief in God, but at least in the interviews that came out in a couple of different places so far. And so I know he believes in God. I know he believes in a higher power. But what really struck me in what he was sharing in this book and kind of the, he kind of also is laying out kind of a plan for other people also to do hard things. He doesn't put it quite like that, but to accomplish their goals, um, similarly to how he has. And he's he's a very big believer that people don't generally reach their full potential. And, and in the book, he's trying to help his readers to reach their full potential and kind of follow a plan similar to what he did with himself and how to do that. And But inside of that plan, there's really no mention of God. And so it got me really thinking, like it sounds like, and it's almost kind of sad and it feels kind of sad and a little bit lonely to me, the ways in which he's describing doing these really hard things, overcoming these terrible obstacles and seemingly relying 100% on his own strength to do it, his own endurance, his own motivation, his own dedication uh, amazing what he accomplished doing that. But in his description of it, it's so focused on his own efforts. And I found that God was really kind of lacking from that conversation in a way that felt very natural to me. You know, when I think about doing hard things, the first thing that I'm thinking about is, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? I think about doing hard things with the help of God, that I feel very weak and vulnerable. I feel flawed in my own capabilities, I feel very limited. But when you bring God into the equation, I know God can accomplish great things through me. So I kind of wanted to take on this topic in the podcast and kind of offer a little bit of that perspective. I have not remotely <laughs> accomplished what David Goggins has accomplished in his life. So I'm not speaking from that perspective at all. But I thought maybe we should talk about this. Can you do hard things? Yes, you can. And let's let's talk about what that means and what that might look like. So first of all, let's talk about what what are hard things. I, I love this phrase, you can do hard things, because first of all, I think it's true. Every one of us can do hard things. And it's also true that every one of us needs the reminder that we can do hard things. I think that's also true. I follow Colleen Martin um, on Instagram, and maybe you do too. I think her handle there is Martin Family Moments. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up because I love following Colleen on there. And I think I first heard this phrase from her 
when um, she shares little snippets of her life, and she's going to die that I remember this, but it's so funny to me. Um, she was sharing in an Instagram story, I think. she She's a working mom, and she was she works at a school, and she was at school, and it was her lunch break. And um, she was really watching what she was eating, and she had brought a salad for lunch. And she shared that she brought the salad, but she forgot the dressing. And um, she was just sharing that she was eating this naked salad, this plain salad without the dressing. And she just said, I can do hard things. And I loved that because what what a great way of approaching that, right? I mean, of course, eating a salad without dressing, it's not a, it's not a really, really hard thing in this grand scheme of things. But in the moment, that's really kind of a disappointing thing. And I kind of like that she had that self-talk. And that's what I want to encourage inside of this show today is for you to have similar self-talk, to remind yourself that you can do hard things. We all can do hard things. So what kinds of things are we talking about? Eating salad without the dressing? Sure. But in a more general sense, hard things are things that are outside your comfort zone, things that make you uncomfortable. And that might look different for every one of you. It might look like making a phone call I have a friend who really struggles. In fact, I have multiple friends who really struggle with making phone calls and they have like a a phobia about it and they'll do anything to avoid having to make a phone call. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's a hard thing for you. Or going above and beyond what's expected or required. You know, maybe you're doing what's expected of you in your job or what's expected of you in your state in life. But going above and beyond that would be a hard thing in whatever capacity that means. Or doing something that's too hard to accomplish by yourself. That's something that um, would be a very hard thing for some of us. How about doing something that doesn't immediately pay off? That's a very hard thing, right? Maybe training for something or working on a long-term project. That's a hard thing. Or doing something that challenges the norms in your life, whether it's a cultural norm, whether it's a norm within your family, whether it's a norm inside your own head, kind of thinking and working and going outside the box. These are hard things. I want to I want to encourage you to think about what might be hard things in your life and how God might be calling you to do those hard things. So, first thing I want to mention, I've got one, two, three, four different little points I want to make about doing hard things in your life. And the first point I want to make to encourage you to take on some hard things is number 1, you have already done hard things. You have And I think it's important to take stock of that, especially if you're thinking about taking on a new challenge. You have already done some hard things. Maybe you've graduated high school. Maybe you've graduated college. Maybe you've overcome a dysfunctional family growing up, similar to the way David Goggins has. Maybe you've become a mom and endured all that pregnancy and childbirth and toddlerhood has demanded of you. Or maybe you've become an adoptive mom, or maybe you've been a foster mom, or maybe you've been a special mentor to somebody in your life in a way that was difficult. Or maybe you've competed in an athletic event that you had to train hard for and prepare yourself for, or you've moved into your own place, moved out of your parents' home, or maybe you've saved to buy a house or gotten a new job or gotten married. You've already done hard things in your life. And so I think step number one should be just to assess your life. And what would you put into that category of hard things that you've done? I think it's nice to have this list in our minds because we don't often do this, right? We might graduate college and have a graduation ceremony and, you know, everything that goes with that. But we don't often enough, I think, 
And David Goggins does take this up a little bit in his book, kind of reminding us to reflect on the things that we've accomplished, the good things that we've done, the hard things that we've worked for and achieved, the goals that we've been successful in meeting. What hard things have you already done? Because that can give you the courage and the strength and the confidence to step forward toward a new goal that might feel daunting right now. And then I just want to remind you that you can do it. You've already done hard things and you can do hard things. If nothing else, I hope that listening to this show will remind you that you have that strength, that you have that capacity to do hard things. With the grace of God, you can do hard things. And sometimes God does ask us to do hard things. Sometimes he asks us to do impossibly hard things that it feels like we can't possibly do this. And I know I've felt like this in multiple times, especially since getting married and becoming a mom. In different phases and stages of family life, I've felt like, how can we possibly do this? Whether it's facing a financial burden or an emotional burden or um, a particular challenge we're going through with one of our children or balancing our work schedules or you know, balancing my own time schedule. <laughs> I already talked about balancing my work schedule and time schedule and my struggles to do that. So that's an ongoing thing. That's hard to do, but know that you can do it. Speak to yourself that way. I think that's really a powerful thing. You know, you don't have to get up and look at yourself in the mirror every day and say, you can do it. I think that's great if if you want to do that. I think it actually can work for some people to speak to yourself out loud in positive ways and encouraging ways um, that remind you of the capacity you have to do hard things, do good things. You can do it. And I think sometimes we just need that reminder. And if if me saying this is that reminder to you, that's great. We need that reminder that we can do hard things. And we need to remind ourselves of it enough because we need to drown out those other voices those other things that are going to tell us, I can't possibly do this. You know the voices. You hear them. This is too hard. I can't do that. I'll do that later, right? These are the voices that sometimes we're tempted to listen to. One of the things that David Goggins talks about in his book is kind of that voice of comfort that we get very comfortable in our lives. We get very comfortable in the things that we have already achieved or accomplished so we're not really looking for that challenge. Or when a challenge presents itself, we kind of feel like it's beyond what we can do. But that's not true, right? It's not always true. We need to remember that we can do hard things with the grace of God. And that when we feel that God is calling us to do those hard things, he's going to give us the grace to do it. But we're also going to experience that temptation toward putting it off, procrastinating, or thinking you can't possibly do it or pushing it aside until something else comes up to distract us, right? Just do it. You can do it. You can do hard things. Okay. So that's the first one. Remember that you've already done hard things and know that you can do hard things. All right. Number two, whatever this hard thing is that you want to take on, whether it's training for a marathon or taking a college class or working a part-time job or getting your child through the terrible twos, whatever it is, Break it down into smaller steps. And we've talked about this before on the podcast where we talk about setting goals, how to set goals and work out your life toward um, achieving them. How, what is your daily life going to look like toward achieving those goals? Sometimes 
the great big goal feels impossible and it would be impossible to just get up and do it right right away, right? But break it down into lesser goals, things that you can do one little thing at a time. And then don't allow yourself to not do that first little thing. If you break it down into very manageable goals, it doesn't have to be super organized, but, you know, say um, this is like the classic example, right? Training for a marathon. Well, you're not going to get up and go out the door and run a marathon. Well, maybe David Goggins would. (laughs) If you've read the book, you know what I'm talking about, but that's probably not a good idea for you. You will get up in the morning and you can go out and run slash walk two miles and build from there. Make a plan that you can break down into smaller goals. Maybe your plan is to write a novel. You're not going to get up and have your novel published by the end of that day, but make a plan to write a certain number of words per day, write a certain number of words per week, whatever it is that works for you. When I've written books in the past, I find this is really helpful because writing a whole book is a very daunting challenge. And I will look at a total word count and I'm the kind of writer, I think this is kind of rare among writers, but I'm the kind of writer that has trouble meeting a word count. I'm very efficient with my words for the most part. And I have trouble. Like, I'm like, okay, I already said it. I still have to write, you know, 5,000 more words. What am I going to possibly say? But sometimes the total word count is daunting. But if you break it down, and I've done this with book projects that I've worked on in the past, you know, each chapter, I'm going to have this many chapters. Each chapter needs to be, say, 4,000 words. I'm going to write one chapter a week. And in fact, that's how I wrote my most recent book, which you haven't seen yet, but it's called Giving Thanks and Letting Go, coming out from Ave Maria Press in February. That's how I wrote that book, was one chapter a week. And having that goal, I didn't have to look at the whole book. I could write one chapter a week. And that was a daunting enough challenge each week, let me tell you, because just looking at that chapter word count sometimes felt like an impossible task. Breaking it down. And then, you know, to extend the analogy, breaking down that chapter into even smaller parts. Say you write a thousand words in a day and that adds up to the total word count that you need by the end of the week. You know, look for ways that you can do that with whatever it is that your goal is. Whether you have a physical goal of, you know, running in a certain race or doing a tough mutter or um, whatever it might be, or even just, you know, a physical goal of lifting a certain amount of weight. I know, I, I know this one mom, she's amazing. She goes to the gym and lifts heavy weights, like really heavy weights and does these deadlifts. Um, I wish I knew her total, I'm going to find out and I'll share it with you, her total number of pounds that she's actually lifting. It's amazing. But she didn't do that on the first day. She started out with a much smaller weight and worked her way up from there. So look for ways that you can kind of break up your larger goal into smaller ones and work from there. Break it into smaller steps. It'll make it much more manageable for you to end up doing that hard thing. And let me tell you, some days just doing that smaller goal, that smaller thing is a hard thing. We all know this, right? Just getting yourself out of bed in the morning for, say, it's your prayer time. It's it's a smaller goal, perhaps, just to spend five minutes in prayer in the morning, right? But getting yourself there is a a big battle on some days. So we know that those much smaller steps are actually hard things themselves. So starting there, breaking it down into smaller steps. All right, number three, find someone that you can check in with. If you're trying to do a hard thing in your life, whether it's getting yourself to mass every day, and oh, side note, you are allowed to call whatever you want a hard thing. I'm a big believer in this. In, um, In running, we talk about perceived levels of exertion, which means however hard it feels to you, if this feels like a five out of 10 to you, 
That's what it is. If this feels like you're going as hard as you can, it's a 10 out of 10 to you. It does not matter how fast you are moving or how slow you are moving. It is a 10 out of 10. Only you can judge that. So if something feels like a hard thing to you, don't get caught up in, oh, all these other people are doing it and it's no problem. It shouldn't be a hard thing for me. Do not allow yourself to get distracted by that. If it feels like a hard thing to you, it is a hard thing. Accept that. And, you know, give yourself the grace that you need to be doing that hard thing and to call it that and to feel the achievement and the pride in working on it that you you should. Okay, that was my side note. But be checking in with somebody else. If you are taking on a hard thing in your life, um, whether it's a physical goal or a spiritual goal or um, a work goal, if you're taking on something hard in your life, find somebody that you can check in with. They don't necessarily have to be like, going to the gym with you. You don't have to be calling them every day and telling them what you did, you know, how many words you wrote or that, you know, you went on date night with your husband or whatever it is if you're working on your relationship. But find somebody you can check in with who will encourage you, motivate you perhaps, but even more importantly, remind you of what your goals are. You know, I I recently um, came across this concept of um, people who are gambling addicts. (laughs) This is kind of out there. Um, But you, if you're a gambling addict, for example, you can put yourself on a list. I forget what it's called um, with all of the casinos in the U.S. And you will be put on that list and you will be blacklisted on all of the casinos. So they won't let you in. So in your moments where you're like, I want to remove this gambling addiction from my life and I'm going to take steps toward making that happen, right? Going to the your, to wherever you go, <laughs> to a casino and getting yourself put on this list so they won't allow you into the casinos in your weaker moments. I found that was really fascinating because, you know, I'm picturing these people who then regret having put themselves on the list, right? They just want to go back to that gambling or whatever it is. Um, Or, you know, a similar thing might be somebody who's an alcoholic or um, somebody who's a social media addict. I've seen this before. Okay, addict is a strong word, but it does apply to some people with social media. But I know some people who have um, given their password or, or given permission to somebody else to change their password on Instagram or wherever it is that they feel like they're spending too much time and then saying, don't give it to me right? Knowing that your lesser self, your weaker self in those moments is going to be coming to them and saying, give me the password. Let me in. Let me into the casino. Let me have just one drink or whatever it is, right? Um, However that applies to your goal, it's really helpful to kind of set that accountability up in your so-called sober moment where you're setting your goals um, so that when you're feeling weaker, you can check in with that person. They'll remind you of what your goals are. They will remind you of who you are. This is why I think a spouse is a really good person for this. Um, when I have a big goal in mind, I always bring Dan into it. I always share with him what it is that I want to work on. And then I can check back in with him or he can check it back in with me and say, hey, how's that going? You know, hopefully not checking in with me about my diet goals as I'm biting into a donut. Um, That's not good spousal behavior. But you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? It could be a good girlfriend that plays this role for you. It could be a spiritual advisor. It could be one of your grown kids or your own mom or a sibling or somebody at work. But find somebody who encourages you inside of that goal. Maybe somebody who shares that same goal, but that's not necessary. Somebody who loves you and wants to encourage you is um, what's most helpful here. Finding somebody that you can check in with that will remind you of your goals and remind you of why you're doing what you're doing and that you're strong enough that you can do it. 
that you're capable of that. Somebody who's going to tell you how awesome you are. I love to play this role for people. I love to be a cheerleader. So if you need somebody to play this role for you, let me know. I'll be glad to check in with you. I'll be glad to send you a little note, let you know how awesome you are and that you are getting closer to your goal every day and you've already accomplished so many hard things in your life and you can so do this. But if nothing else, listen to this podcast, listen to this show when you're um, finding yourself weak in those moments where you're forgetting what your goal is or why you made it in the first place. All right, the last tip that I want to share for doing hard things is where I started with this conversation. Rely on God. None of us can do anything, even tiny, stupid, small things. None of us can even tie our shoes. None of us can even breathe in or out. But for the grace of God, let's not forget that. Let's not forget that each of us is 100% dependent upon God for our very existence for breathing in, for breathing out, for waking up each morning, for anything you might ever accomplish, any good thing you do, you can do because of God. So start there. When you're setting your goals, when you feel like you're being called to a daunting task, start by placing yourself in God's presence, opening yourself up to receive his grace, asking for his help, asking for his mercy, asking him to give you the strength that you need to accomplish that hard thing. That will help you to see your excuses for what they are, because it's not you. Our excuses are all about us, right? Oh, I can't get myself out of bed in the morning. Oh, I get distracted too easily. Oh, I lose my temper and snap at my kids. Oh, whatever it is, right? It's all about us and our own weaknesses. But this is all about God. This is all about accomplishing great things through God. And he does not fail. He's 100%. Forget your excuses. None of them apply. I don't care what they are. And none of them apply. It also can help us to see distraction and procrastination for what they really are. The ways in which we are trying to pull ourselves away from God's will in our lives. Now, it might be that you set out to do a hard thing and it isn't necessarily what God wants for you. I for sure have done this, where I set a goal and I want to accomplish it. It doesn't end up working out the way I wanted it to. But more often than not, Those kinds of situations are ones where I'm choosing my goals. I'm setting up this hard thing for myself to do. It's going to be all about me and I'm focused on relying on myself. Start the conversation with God. Begin the conversation with God about what your goals should be, what hard things he's calling you to do. And for some of us, those hard things are not going to be very glamorous. They're going to be living out your vocation, hidden away in the heart of your home, day in and day out. I dare say for most of us, they're not going to be glamorous things. It's great to have these goals of, you know, running a marathon or doing some amazing accomplishment through your work or um, at your kid's school or inside of your marriage or things that other people are going to notice and benefit from. Those are all great things. Um, And for sure, there's room for that in all of our lives. But some of the greatest things I'm convinced that we ever can do happen in the quiet places, in the hidden away places, in the hearts of our homes, inside of our families, inside of our relationships. Sometimes the hard thing is managing a difficult relationship with somebody that you love or somebody that you feel called to love and you are struggling to love. Sometimes that's a hard thing. Sometimes the hard thing is getting up every morning and putting your shoes on and going into work at a job that you don't love because it benefits your family. Sometimes the hard thing is facing your life at home with small kids day after day 
and all that that depletes you of, all of the exhaustion that comes with that, offering that up. Sometimes that's the hard thing. Whatever it is that God's asking of you that's hard right now, I want to encourage you to rely on God inside of that hard thing. And no, the title of this podcast is true. You can do hard things. You can. But the other part of that sentence is through Christ who strengthens you. All right, I want to hear from you. I want to know, how do you do hard things? What hard things are you working on? You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can connect with me on Voxer if you use that fun app to leave voicemail messages for people. The link to connect with me on Voxer is always included in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. You know I would love to hear from you. If you have feedback on this episode or any recent episode or feedback where you want to share with me a topic that you'd like for me to take on on a future episode of Girlfriends, I would love to hear from you. Coming up, we have some feedback from our recent episode on unanswered prayers. But first, we're taking a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to Girlfriends. What if you could go back and experience the very first Advent and walk alongside Joseph and Mary as they prepare to welcome the baby Jesus? Rejoice! Advent Meditations with Joseph is an all-new Advent resource from Ascension. Experience that very first Advent journey through daily meditations in the Rejoice Journal and through a series of short, easy-to-access videos. Make Advent come alive this year. Visit RejoiceProgram.com. RejoiceProgram.com. Welcome back. Now we're at the part of the show where I usually share a little bit of listener feedback with you. And this week, I've got a little bit of feedback that I received through email from listener Sarah. So Sarah emailed me and uh, she wrote, Dear Danielle, I've been listening to the Girlfriends podcast for a while now, and I appreciate the different perspective it provides. In the Unanswered Prayers episode, when you brought up how your reaction to people who would always say how thy will be done in prayers, I laughed. I used to add that to the end of my prayers a lot, but not out of a place of being super holy and accepting the Father's will. I used to add it from a place of fear and lack of faith, not believing God would answer the prayer and adding it to lessen the blow when he didn't. Unanswered prayers, or prayers that aren't answered in exactly the way we want, is a reality of the spiritual life. But when the realization hit me about the lack of sincerity in my saying, thy will be done, I kind of adjusted my way of praying. I started being bold and asking God for things without qualification. It's important to do, to have faith that he can or will do anything. I also started asking him to conform my will to his. I think now I can more sincerely say, thy will be done with my prayers, but that's been about a long process. The point being, despite the reality of unanswered prayers, we need to be bold in prayer, believing God will answer any prayer while also submitting ourselves to his will. I love the episode. Know that you are in my prayers, Sarah. Thank you so much for that, Sarah. I really appreciate that. I did receive a lot of feedback on that Unanswered Prayers episode from a few shows ago. If you haven't listened, go back a couple of episodes of the Girlfriends podcast and you can listen to When Prayers Go Unanswered. And I love your perspective, Sarah. I think that's great. I never really thought about that before. So in the show, I shared how sometimes I would roll my eyes or or be like, no, don't say that. Like when people would add, thy will be done, right, to their prayers, because it kind of felt like, oh, well, then why did we bother just praying for this thing? We're not going to get it, <laughs> you know? But I love that you shared that perspective, that that was kind of how you were kind of softening the blow of possibly not 
getting an answer to your prayer. And um, I love that you've worked on that inside of your your spiritual life in a way that looks like it's been really fruitful for you. So I think that's wonderful. Um, for sure, that's where our focus needs to be, is on conforming our will to God's, not through our own strength, but through God. And, you know, just like you do, Sarah, asking God to conform our will to His, but then also being bold in our prayers just being confident that God can do all things. I think that gives him great glory. It really honors him and praises him for his greatness when we have that kind of confidence in him. I have this little prayer book that I love. It's called The Book of Confidence. And I've bought copies for people sometimes when they're struggling to trust God's goodness and trust in um, God's will for their lives. And inside of this book, it's a very short little prayer book. Um, I don't know who publishes it. And it was kind of hard to find the last time I looked for it. But if I can find it, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, so it's, the book is called the, the Book of Confidence. And it kind of encourages you to approach your prayer life exactly how Sarah is describing here, being bold and confident in our prayers approaching God and saying, I know you want good things for me, and I'm asking you for these very specific good things because I know you can do all things. Think about that. Think about the courage that it takes to pray like that. Think about the faith that that demonstrates and how pleasing that must be to God, right? Not in a way that's manipulative. I think that maybe <laughs> There's a trap there that we could fall into this kind of manipulative prayer, like telling God what to do. But just as Sarah is describing here, this very humble way of approaching God and saying, I know you can do this. And, you know, bringing our needs to God. In fact, one of the things that I heard from a listener also on this episode was somebody in um, the Girlfriends podcast group on Facebook shared that God in our prayer time wants us to bring him our needs, not our solutions, or maybe it was bring us our, bring him our problems, not our solutions, right? Um, but I think what Sarah's describing here is a little bit of bringing solutions, but not in a way that's kind of trying to boss God around, right? It's it's actually a very humble approach to our, our prayers to God. And I, I love to contemplate that. So thank you, Sarah, for that feedback. I love that you're listening. I thank you for your prayers. I will take them. I always appreciate listeners' prayers. And know if you are a listener of the Girlfriends Podcast, if you are listening to me right now, you have been prayed for. I pray for you. I do pray for our community here through the Girlfriends Podcast. And um, if you want to be more of an active participant inside of our community here at Girlfriends, our Facebook group is a great way to do that. If you go to facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends Podcast, you will find us there. We are a private Facebook group you need to request to join. And we'd be glad to have you join our kind of closed community there. I'm always looking to build up the number of listeners that we have connecting there because I love to give you guys access to each other. So many awesome people listen to the Girlfriends Podcast, and we have so many great things in common that I love it when somebody can come on there and ask a question or um, bring a prayer intention and others in the group will respond to that. So if you're not already a member of that group, we would love to have you join us. There's always a link, if you forget all of that URL I just shared with you, there's always a link in the show notes at ascensionpress.com to connect with us on Facebook. If all of that else fails, you can always just send me a message. I'm at facebook.com slash Danielle Bean, or just do a search for me. You can message me and I'll be glad to send you a link to request joining that group. 
Okay, before we have to wrap up today, I just want to share a few different places that I'm going to be in case you too can be there because I would love to meet you in person. On Saturday, November 16th, I'm going to be giving my You Are Enough retreat at Holy Family Church in Orlando, Florida. If you are anywhere near there, I would love to meet you. They've already got a couple of hundred people signed up, but there's room for more. So sign up. Let's go. I would love to meet you there at Holy Family Church in Orlando, Florida on Saturday, November 16th. Then I'm going to be giving my other retreat, Your Worth It Retreat, on Saturday, January 11th at St. Michael Church right here in New Hampshire, Exeter, New Hampshire. I would love to meet you there if you're one of my local listeners. I always love meeting people that are here in my home state of New Hampshire. So that's my Your Worth It Retreat based on my book, Your Worth It, about women in the New Testament and their relationship with Jesus and what we can learn about God's unique love for women based on those stories in the New Testament. That's Saturday, January 11th. Then uh, February 20th through the 23rd, I'm going to be speaking at the Los Angeles Religious Education Congress taking place in Anaheim, California. I'm going to be there for several days. I'm going to be at the booth in um, the main convention center representing Catholic moms. So if you're participating in that, even if you aren't able to come to my talks, I would love it if you came by the booth and just say hello. Um, Then Saturday, March 7th, I'm going to be giving my You're Worth It retreat at Precious Blood Parish in Jasper, Indiana. If you're in that area, I would love to meet you there. Then Saturday, March 28th, I'm going to be speaking at the Women's Conference in Norwich, Connecticut. So if you're going to be at any of those places, I would love to meet you. If you're not going to be at any of those places and you're interested in having me come to speak, be a part of your event, or put on my You're Worth It or You Are Enough retreats for women, you can get information about those things at daniellebean.com. Click the Retreats tab for information about the retreats or click the Speaking tab if you want to invite me to speak at your event. You know I would love to meet you, so check that out. And that's all we have time for today, but I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I am always glad to connect with you here. And the fact that you're listening is always a great source of encouragement to me. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.